Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited about this podcast, mostly because it's my 10th podcast. And I know that that's not a lot of podcasts, but I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about podcast statistics. And just out of curiosity, I looked it up and only 26 percent of podcasts reach their 10th episode. So if you can do math, then that means that I have surpassed 74% of all podcasters who have started a podcast because most of them don't make it to 10 episodes. So I don't know. I just think that that's really exciting. I think it shows Some level of commitment, showing up again, not giving up. Yes, the podcasts have been a little bit scattered, but I do what I can with what I've got, the best of my ability in in what's working in my life. So, we've made it to 10 episodes. Ironically, today's episode, uh, it's actually going to be a two-parter. I have a lot of information on this. And I really want to go deep on the subject. Today's podcast episode is about burnout. It's about what what do we feel when we're burnt out? How do we know? What are the stages? That's part one. Part two is how do we address burnout? How do we heal from it? How do we make the necessary changes when we are burnt out? Because burnout is something that I'm sure we have all experienced. But just because we've all experienced it does not mean it is okay. Hello, I'm Marissa, a certified, licensed, and practicing pediatric occupational therapist. And this is OT with Marissa. Here we will review common terminology and topics, chat about daily OT practices, and provide simple but effective tools and strategies you can implement with the child or children in your life. Whether you're thinking about a career in occupational therapy, or a current student, new grad, or seasoned therapist, my hope is this podcast has something to offer you to learn, grow, and be the best therapist you can. I'm so happy you're here. So I want to preface by saying we are going to talk about burnout and Some of the strategies that I'm going to offer you are specifically related to pediatric occupational therapy. That is what the podcast is all about. But a lot of this is very general information. So if you could share this episode with somebody who you think is maybe experiencing burnout, whether it's career, job, professional related burnout maybe it's personal burnout I mean let's be honest it is very possible to be burnt out both professionally right in your career in this in this job that you're that you're in and also be burnt out personally socially mentally emotionally a lot of times these things overlap each other sometimes you can compartmentalize and we experience burnout in different areas of our life at different times of our life. So while we are mostly going to be talking about pediatric OT 
and professional burnout, many of the strategies that we're going to talk about in the, the signs, the symptoms, the stages, they can be generalized to all types of burnout. So what is burnout? Burnout is the state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion. I mean, you are feeling empty. You are devoid of any motivation. You are beyond even caring about the thing that you are burnt out with. Whether it's work, something at home, burnt out with a friendship. So many different areas of burnout. But what typically happens when we're burnt out is we just have no hope that there's any form uh, or potential for positive change within this situation that we're burnt out with. We are We have experienced excessive stress in this area, potentially... We feel like we're drowning in the responsibility of this area. And we've reached a point of just withdrawing and disassociating ourselves with the this, this situation. And have even become to a level of indifferent about it. Going through the motions, just completely empty, exhausted. There's nothing left to give. And it's really, really sad and also really, really common. According to Google, (laughs) my best friend, uh, in a research study that looked at burnout, 89% of workers have experienced burnout within the past year. So this isn't even saying how many people have experienced burnout at one point in their life. This is just within the past 12 months, 89% of people have experienced burnout at work. Absolutely ridiculous, if you ask me. And also, I have experienced burnout. I have experienced burnout very recently, which um, was part of the motivation in, in creating this podcast because it's a real thing. It's especially a real thing in working with children. We get real burnt out with the demands on us, the documentation that it takes to justify these services, and just the energy that it takes to work with a pediatric population in a healthcare setting. If you have experienced burned out, you are not alone. I want to say that. And also, there are ways to prevent it the best you can. And there are things you can do in the midst of it. And so, that's what we're going to get into. So, as I was researching burnout... I found a really good article published by Forbes about the 12 stages of burnout. And I guess I was a little bit shocked that there were 12 stages. In my brain, I've lumped a lot of these stages together. But it was really nice to see them spread out 
into 12 different stages. So let's go into the stages of burnout and what those look at look like so that you can figure out what which stage you're in potentially or um, maybe you know somebody who's experiencing burnout and you can kind of help pinpoint where they're at in this this burnout journey, I suppose. So the first stage of burnout is actually, I was shocked by this one, excessive ambition, which kind of sounds like the exact opposite of burnout, right? So you're having this excessive amount of ambition to get work done. But what it really is, is a compulsion to prove your worth to both yourself and to others. So this might look like taking on additional responsibilities, right? You're like, yes, I can do that extra eval or you know what, I've got a lot on my plate but I'm gonna make this social story or create these visuals or yup, I'm gonna do that or you're in a meeting and you're like, yes, I can do X, Y, Z, all the things for this, I'm gonna get you that information and you're just piling on more work with good intention, right? I mean, the goal would be to, to be really good at your job and to, to serve the clientele that you're working with. But subconsciously, what you might be doing is trying to prove your worth to yourself and to others. And so you're creating more work that's not necessary. We'll get into this in the next episode. But this is where knowing your worth and having clearly defined boundaries is really important. Similarly, the second stage of burnout is working harder. So the first stage is kind of over committing yourself and taking on excessive responsibility. And now this next stage, stage two, is working harder to fulfill those extra things that you've taken on. So. I've said this so many times, and I'm sure you've heard it, but this is when you're burning the candle at both ends, right? You're checking emails, you're doing work before you even get to work, you're doing work at work, maybe you're working through your lunch break, and then you're staying a few hours after work to do more work, or when you come home, you're working into the evening doing work. And yeah, this happens sometimes, right? Life's not perfect. This is our career at different times. Things pile up. But what's happening here is this is becoming a daily thing. It's becoming part of your routine to extend the amount of time you're working both in the morning and into the evening hours. And it's what's happening is it's bleeding into your personal life. So a big one for me is I check my emails when I'm burnt out and when I'm having a hard time defining those those boundaries and you know drawing a line in the sand, I check my emails like I check my text messages. I mean, an email pops up and I'm like on it, reading it in Google Docs, editing the thing. I've got it all on my phone. Like I can operate on my phone, have all the apps, all the things, just as I do on my desktop or, or my laptop. And it's not okay. And I know that. And so, but that's what it looks like, right? These things start to trickle into your personal life and they're taking over. So that's stage two. 
stage three, you know, it kind of falls into the spectrum here is now you're neglecting your personal needs. This is when you're prioritizing work tasks before your personal tasks. And again, it comes down to prioritization. There are times and places where like, yep, you might have to say no to, you know, a personal thing because you got a lot of work to do this week or, you know, you're trying to set your work week up for success so you're not going to whatever on Sunday. But this is when it's becoming very frequent. You might be not sleeping, right? So it's it's interfering with the number of hours that you're sleeping, your ability to sleep. So think about insomnia. Think about, like, are you on your computer late at night that you're soaking in all of that extra blue light and you're suppressing melatonin, so now it's impacting your sleep. So your sleep takes a hit. Nutrition maybe takes a hit. You're not eating the right nutrients that your body needs because you don't have time to go to the store and buy the right foods and prep them so they're ready in your fridge, making your lunch the night before, or having 15 minutes in the morning to put things together and make sure that you're nutritionally aligned for your day. It could be skipping meals. It could be kind of getting on that blood glucose roller coaster if you're looking for these hits of dopamine to kind of fill a void with work that now you're on a sugar roller coaster all day long. Maybe your exercise is becoming impacted, right? So you're not making time for your morning workout or you're not having time in the afternoon to take your dog for a walk or go to that yoga class or whatever it is. These are these are my personal examples, right? Personal care, like Have you done your nails? Have you shaved your legs? If that's something that you do, right? Like waxed your eyebrows or just taking care of your basic personal cosmetic hygienic needs. These things fall to the wayside. Engaging in hobbies, right? You said, again, these are personal examples for me. You said you were going to dedicate 10 to 15 minutes every day to learn how to play the guitar Well, my guitar has been sitting in the corner of my room for four months and I haven't touched it, right? So work starts to trickle into these areas of life and a big thing that it really starts to impact is your time with others. So you're saying no to personal things outside of work, social gatherings, birthdays, um, dinner with your friends, a long hike with a friend. Because you have work to do. Stage four is displacing your problems. So this looks like dismissing the things around you or avoiding responsibilities, right? So like, do you need an oil change? Are the dishes done? How are your plants looking outside? Have you watered them, weeded them, tended to them? You're checking your mail every day. I know you are, but have you opened all the envelopes? Have you actually taken care of the things you need to take care of? Bills, student loans, your credit card, think, you know, the things that come in the mail, are you actually going to the website, clicking on the link, doing the things that it's telling you to do, or do you have a pile on the corner of your desk and your dining room table that's that's stacking up because you're avoiding 
that responsibility. This can also be dismissing or suppressing larger feelings. So, you know, maybe something's going on personally. You had a fight with your sister. You know, something happened a couple weeks ago at a party and you need to have a conversation with a friend, you know, to salvage that relationship or to talk about something that's happened. And you just don't have the energy to do it. It's just not a priority right now because work's a priority because either you're so stressed out with work you don't have the energy to do the other things or so much of your time is being dedicated to work that you just don't have the time to do all these other things that you need to do. So again this kind of comes down to prioritization and your boundaries which we will start talk we will talk about that in the next episode. Stage five is revision of your values, right? So you don't have the time or energy to do some of the other things outside of work that you need to do. You're burning the candle at both ends. You're stressed. You're working harder. Easy. Well, you know what? Right now, work's my number one priority. It's it's my highest value. This is like this is what I'm focused on. This is right. So you're kind of tunnel vision just looking at work. And you're shifting your priorities, but maybe not in a way that's balanced because you're putting work as the number one thing and it's outweighing everything else. Which sometimes short term, you got to do what you got to do, right? So it's like, okay, I've done it where like one night a week, like Mondays are my work nights. I don't do anything socially on a Monday night. I don't, right? Like I don't do the things I need to do, work takes precedence this one day a week so I can get ahead and find balance the rest of my week. But that's a short-term work prioritization. What's happening here with these revision of values is that work's becoming a priority long-term over everything else. And so then you really have to think, is it sustainable? Can work be your priority for this long. And I know what your intention is here because it's always been my intention where you're like, it's just, it's just this week. It's just, you know, this month is just really busy. Progress notes are due. I have a fieldwork student. I've, you know, I've got, you know, six CS, CSE meetings and I've you know, I got these three evals and it's just like, I just have to get through this month or I just have to get through this quarter But what happens is your life starts passing you by. And now it's, I just have to get through this school year. Or, you know, I just have to get through my children being in the toddler stage because it's just a lot with work. And so, and well, now I'm just getting through. And before you know it, you're 65 years old and you're retiring and you're like, fuck, I just got through my entire life. Where did it go? I was working. I mean, not to be a Debbie Downer, but that's what happens, right? Look at your parents. Look at your grandparents. Talk to them about this. They didn't have this education at their fingertips to break the cycle, but you do. So it's not going to happen to you because you're going to learn about the stages of burnout and you're going to implement the strategies in the next podcast episode and you're going to do better. You are. Because you're listening to personal development. You've got what it takes to make big changes. 
All right, stage six. Stage six is denial of new problems. I like to look at this stage as the resentment stage, right? So work's taking priority. It's trickling into your mornings, your evenings. It's impacting you socially, emotionally, mentally. It's just work's happening all over. It's all about the work. You got it all coming at you. Now you're starting to butt heads with others. You're perceiving the others around you as lazy. I work so hard, you don't even understand it. Or you you know what? I don't want to hear it because you don't have X, Y, Z, W, A, B, C, 1, 2, all these things that I, you just don't, you just don't get it. And you're becoming irritable with the people around you, which is only more negatively impacting your social relationships, right? Your relationships with others, your emotional health. You might start to blame anything, really. I mean, you're blaming that. You don't have enough time. You're blaming the dog for needing to be let out in the morning and in the afternoon. You know, gosh forbid she has to go to the bathroom more than once a day, right? You're blaming work. I didn't sign up for this and she, you know, I've got all these responsibilities and, and it needs to be delegated differently to him or you're starting to resent others. You know, your best friend calls you and she's like, let's get tacos. It's Tuesday. You know what? I can't. I'm sorry. I don't work a typical nine to five and I get out and I don't have to bring work home. Like, you know, sorry, you know, my job. And it starts to become this comparison of like, well, I work more than you were or my, you know, you're starting to justify the fact that you're working so much while becoming really resentful to literally anything else. any I mean, this is when, like, my dad calls me almost every day. We talk for not even five minutes. He just wants to know I'm alive, hear my voice, check in. And I start to get so angry with the fact he's calling to ask me how my day's going because I'm so overwhelmed with my day. I'm resentful towards a caring valuable person in my life asking like what like that's what's happening right so you're in this huge denial and resentment stage stage seven withdrawal so it's just too much it's all encompassing you can't handle it you're pulling back you're not even answering the phone calls you're not even you know, contemplating potentially getting dinner on, I just can't do it. You're just saying no. You're pulling back from your relationships. You're pulling back from your social life. And you might even start finding yourself escaping through guilty pleasures and numbing. So maybe you're numbing through social media. You're scrolling, but you don't even know what you're looking at, right? Or you're numbing through food or through... TV or you know we all have our vices you know what yours are there's some other really inappropriate ones I'm not going to bring up on the podcast but you know what they are because if you've experienced burnout you've probably have numbed yourself utilizing these things so we are withdrawing you're not taking on your external personal 
responsibilities. You're becoming mad and irritable with others. You're shutting down. Stage eight is it's now taking effect and impacting other people. So other people are really starting to begin to notice and become concerned with your actions. Uh, Maybe you're not taking responsibility for the things around the house that you need to do or you're you're so withdrawn and numbed out you forget to pick the kids up from practice you totally forgot about your friend's birthday dinner you just totally it totally skipped your mind that you needed to do something for you like you said you were gonna cat sit and you just did it (laughs) right like I don't know what your example is, but it's become so big. This weight is so heavy that it's starting to roll on to others. Stage nine, depersonalization. You are feeling completely detached from your own body. It's like you're on the outside watching yourself Go through the motions. You either feel really negative about it or you're completely indifferent about all. You At this point, you don't even care. You just don't. There's no feelings because you're so exhausted that those feelings take up more energy than what you even have to give to, to it. Stage 10, inner emptiness. You just, you don't see yourself as valuable. You have lost all drive, all desire. There's just, there's no hope. You might even find yourself dreaming or fantasizing about a different life. You're like, what if I just quit my job? What if I moved to the Bahamas? What if I just became a bartender? What if I left it all behind? These kids don't need me. I I don't even make a difference anymore. My boss won't even notice that I'm gone. She doesn't value me. He doesn't care. You fantasize about completely uprooting and leaving. Just escape it all. There's, There's no salvaging at this point. I might as well just give up. And you're participating in more of your numbing activities. But almost to the point where it's not even numbing you. It's not bringing you any form of pleasure or joy or anything. It's just at this point in time, these numbing things are habit. You don't even realize you're scrolling through social media until an hour has passed. And you you feel nothing. Uh, And then stage 11 is full-on depression. Your life just feels gray and bleak. You are emotionally, mentally exhausted. Your life has no meaning, no purpose. I mean, you, you might not even be showing up for work anymore. You're calling in sick. You're taking personal days. But not because there's something fun that you're doing. You just can't muster the energy to get out of bed, to go to work. And you find no value in it anyways. 
and then stage 12 is full burnout. I mean, you, you've just, you've reached the breaking point. You are physically not in your body. Your body may even physically give out. You may experience physical injuries or uh, ailments. These things start to manifest. Chronic illnesses. Maybe you're just always sick. You're like a one cold after the next cold. Maybe you aren't experiencing your typical um, physical things. I'm thinking like women. Maybe you're not having a regular menstrual cycle. You might be having a mental breakdown. You're, you've had panic attacks. You are totally shut down from your outside world. You might really need significant medical attention. And in some cases, you might even need to take a leave of absence from your job. Like you just, you need time to heal. And I think it's important to know that burnout is not a linear process. You might skip over some of these these stages. You might experience a couple of stages all encompassing where you're kind of bebopping between like two or three different stages here. Um, and I, I also think when I was doing the research about these stages, I was like, well, gosh, I haven't experienced full-on depression like my physical health really hasn't taken that significant of a toll maybe I haven't experienced burnout um I, I do think because there's stages of burnout and because it's not necessarily linear I really hope you haven't reached 100% full-blown burnout which would be stage like 11 and 12 here if you're looking at these stages. But it doesn't mean just because you're not on stage six or seven of resentment and withdrawal that you're not burnt out. So I think it's really important when you're thinking about burnout to first identify, well, where am I at? Where am I at? Because it's going to show you how far you've gotten in these stages so that you can slowly start to work your way backwards through them and understand maybe how you've gotten to where you've gotten. But also, it kind of gives you hope to say, okay, you know what? I'm on stage like eight. That my burnout is starting to impact others, but I haven't totally detached myself from my life. Or I haven't totally um, thought about quitting this job. I still see a little bit of this meaning and purpose behind the work that I do. So it can be really positive or hopeful to see like, oh, well, I'm not there yet. So how do I break the cycle where I'm at now? As isolating and depressing as burnout can feel and as it is, I mean, there's a reason it's burnout. Um, I want you to know you are not alone. I have experienced burnout. I know so many healthcare professionals, colleagues of my own who have experienced burnout. And according to Google, 89% of our fellow work work people um, have experienced burnout just this year. 
So, I think it's really hopeful to know you're not alone. I think it's really um, liberating to learn, to be willing to learn about the stages of burnout so that you can be self-aware and identify where you are at. And there's hope to getting out of it, right? We all experience it. It doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean that we should continue to experience it, but it means we're going to take that information and we're going to do something with it. We're going to get ourselves unstuck. We're going to break this cycle of burnout, right? We're not going to progress through these stages and make it all the way to 12, or maybe we're at stage 12. You're at stage 12, complete burnout. You need to get help. Um, but it means that we're going to stop the cycle now and do something about it. Thanks for listening. As a reminder, this podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the potential need for skilled and individualized therapeutic services. Please consult your pediatrician or occupational therapist for specific questions about your child. Similarly, these are my personal and professional views and opinions. If something I say does not feel right to you or is different from what you have learned, please follow your own intuition and learning quest. And remember, science and language are always changing and growing. I will try my best to stay as up-to-date as possible, but I myself am always learning. If you have any follow-up questions or requests for future podcasts, feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram at OT underscore with underscore Marissa. See you soon.